believe we believe we are recording because it said three two one hey everybody it's kellen cash here and i am with taylor mitchum and i found taylor on youtube she has a great channel Dranero, I said it right. She is a real sky ninja. You see that drone in the background? That's her little toy. Um, but she has bigger toys. And Taylor, welcome. I just want to jump into it because you are like the queen of drones. Like if you come out with a mixtape, you know, it might go platinum <laughs> and, and you'll have the best footage of, of everybody. Just let's jump right into it. How did you get into drones and when did you get into drones? Sure. So I got into drones in 2015. Um, I was working as a project engineer for a construction company in the most glamorous place in the world, North Dakota. And uh, while I was out there, the company I was working for had started kind of whispering about drones a little bit. And I said, drones? Like, whoa, that'd be so cool if we started using drones here, just purely from a that would be cool standpoint. And so I started doing a whole bunch of research about drones and how they're useful and how they're being used in industry. And I was like, wait, 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 this is way past being cool. This is actually going to make my job easier. Because one of the things I had to do was keep track of the progress of the construction sites we had going on up there. And we had six sites happening at once, $400 million project. So it was big. Um, so I did all this research, turned it into my bosses, which was everyone at the time. I was fresh out of school. And uh, it went from there. They approved me to buy six drones, actually. They were fans of three professionals, for those of you that are drone people. And then they said, all right, Taylor, figure out how to get insurance, figure out what we need to fly these, and we need somebody at each construction site to be able to fly it. So I went out, trained 14 people, got our insurance, wrote the standard operating procedures for the company, and that's how I got started with drones. I'm very lucky that I was able to do it with my old job, but... Once we started using the drones and getting the data, um, and I kind of started experimenting with it as well, we realized that it wasn't just useful to me or the construction management team looking at progress, but the accounting team started using the data and supply chain started using the data and the other engineers started using the data. And so all the departments on a job site started using the data to make their jobs easier. And that's when I said, you know, there's more to this than just really nice photos or, you know, nice aerial photography. There's so much more to it. Wow. And so were you like working in the oil field? Because you said, you know, North Dakota, we know that's like big into the oil field. Is that where you were? And what were you doing? Were you like a hand or were you more skilled labor? So I was, so I was a project engineer and a project engineer is basically the technical lead on a construction site. So we were, I wasn't working in the oil fields like you see in those documentaries. We were working right next to them, mm -hmm. but we were actually supporting some of the infrastructure that was being built for the Dakota Access Pipeline. I don't know if you've heard about that with um, mm -hmm. the Native American tribe and all of that in the news around 2016, late 2016. Mm -hmm. It was that same project. But that pipeline goes from North Dakota all the way down to Illinois. So we were building some of the structures that went directly into the pipeline. And so what that allows that to do is all the people who are working in the oil fields and fracking and getting the oil out of the ground in that area, which is called the Bakken region, it allows that fuel to be, or that oil to be pumped via pipeline instead of trucked. So okay. it's actually a little more environmentally friendly than trucking it across the country. Now it goes through a pipeline. 
And I've worked a summer in the oil field with a very cushy oil field job. And so I, I totally understand all of that. I won't ask you your you know, opinion of the oil field because sometimes even myself, I had to uh, question myself like, are we really <laughs> helping or hurting, um, especially the environment? But the check was so lovely. I tell you what, um, let me help in a different way because it, it, you know, it's nothing that we can really do. Um, it's big government and it's big jobs and it's a lot of money. So you were working in that. And so how did you then come up with Gennaro and say, okay, I'm going to go where I basically got paid to learn this with, from my, my bosses, they, they paid for me to learn this skill to saying, I can do this on my own. Cause I'm sure your check was beautiful um you know every month but you say i want to be an entrepreneur what got you into that transition well you know what in in college i actually started my first company it was a car wash a waterless car wash and i loved it i loved the I, you know in college you don't really have freedom in the sense of when you're a real adult and you have a paycheck and all of that but i like the flexibility of it and i left that because i was like oh there's a corporate job I'm going to, even though I was going out from construction job to construction job to construction job, that's what I did back then. I moved a lot. Um, but I kind of lost that entrepreneurial flair when I was leaving school. And so then I was out, you know, doing the stuff in North Dakota. That company, once that project was almost over, they moved me out to Philadelphia and I started working at a refinery. And the refinery is regulated by the Coast Guard. So there were no drones at that site. So my drone, I had fallen in love with drones by the end of that project in North Dakota. Then I got moved to a project in Philadelphia where no drones were allowed. And I said, like, I need my drone fixed. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like, uh, it sounds a little crazy, mm. but I needed my drone fixed. So I said, you know what? I'm, it's going to be a side hustle. That's how it started. I'll just do it on the side because I only worked, I worked four days a week, 10 hours a day, mm. Monday through Thursday. So I was like, you know, Friday, I can meet with clients and I could do work on Saturdays and then take Sundays off. But then I realized as I got more and more into doing kind of the side hustle thing, a lot of people don't want you flying on their construction sites on the weekends or on their job sites on the weekends or nobody wants to get up. Most people work Monday through Friday, nine to mm -hmm. five. They don't want to come out on a Saturday in the middle of Philadelphia, no less. That's where all my work was at that time. So I created a structure for myself. I looked at, you know, like you said, it was good money. I looked at my money mm -hmm. and I said, okay, I need to start putting away my money. And I'm a very frugal person anyway. So I already had a lot of money saved. You know, I didn't, I don't have a lot of debt. Um, I don't have student loans, anything like that. I'm very blessed in that regard financially that I don't have a lot of obligations in that area. And all I have is just where I live and gas and, you know, ma maintaining my lifestyle. But mm -hmm. I stashed away a lot of money and I said, you know what, I, you know, this construction stuff is okay, but I love drones mm -hmm. and I need to put myself in a position where I could possibly make this a full-time thing. So I saved up a year's worth of living expenses. And nice. I said, cool, I got a year to make it work. And then that's when uh, in January of 2016, I think I worked for two weeks in January of 2016 full-time in my old job. I said, I'm going to go out on my own. And so then I quit my job. And then I started my drone service company called, it's actually called Sky Ninja. And I started working on that. And one thing I noticed, and this is kind of where Gennaro comes in, is that nobody was really out there talking about what it was like to have a drone business. Nobody was talking about on YouTube, on Facebook, it was very little about the ins and outs of running a drone business or what their experiences have been. And that's what inspired me to really start Gennaro and the YouTube channel and coming out with, you know, I have a really 
fun and cool Facebook group. I think you joined. I think I approved you this morning. Yes. Actually, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and just so you know, um, your mic, it's, it's hitting your um, collarbone just a little bit um, when you talk. So you may want to hold it just, you know, sure, through sure. that. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm a PR guy. So I got to let you know. I want, I want you in the best yeah, light. Sure, sure. Um, is, it, is it messing up the sound at all? Or? Just, I mean, it's, it's almost like if you were in the wind, just a little bit. So it's not a big, not a big deal, but just a FYI. And so, no, that is so interesting. And I love it because we're all about entrepreneurship. Our PR firm and consulting firm is just one of our businesses, but we have a lot of things under the umbrella. And so like when I see someone like you, I already know a book is on the way. Um, you know, I, I just see it. I, that's a gift. I try not to use it for evil, but I, I can see a book. I can see you doing documentaries and different. I've even signed up for your um, private and free people watch her videos private and free how you can make money in four days and four easy steps i've watched everything except like the long interviews that you've done because i just haven't had enough time because you inspired me to get a um do the flight training so I can get my part 107 because i've been flying cheap drones crashing them like you know kids laughing at me, wife laughing at me. You don't know how to fly. And they're like, you used to fly these things as kids, but I was buying cheap drones. And then my wife told me, buy the air, you know, cause I kept looking and I'm like the air, I like what it can do. I bought the air, but I've been asked people, can you take pictures? And then when I saw you and you were talking about all the legal things and I'm like, that was the stuff I wasn't trying to hear. Cause I'm like, I can take pictures without a part 107. You know, I've had people come up to me like every drone pilot. Um, are you licensed by just regular people? And of course you kind of have to do the, you know, quick little nod or shrug or, uh, you know, you gotta get it. You gotta get into that. But, I love your channel and I hope you keep pushing that because it's so much value. And it's the reason why, you know, I'm telling you, Hey, I want you to come on this, my channel, but even, you know, our clients channel, because, you know, I see what's happening and I see the different avenues and you get into the construction and the real estate and the insurance and people can go to your channel and that will be in the description box. If not the pinned comments for you guys to see that. But I want to ask you, about there's a rumor out there like that every drone pilot is making a hundred thousand dollars. So because when you put drone salaries in, and we know in business a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars is never that. You know, there's always tax, there's always this. So those people who are looking at it like, hey, I like to fly drones and everything. I can make six figures now. Realistically, and I don't want you to tell you know what you're making in your business, even though it's all public knowledge. But realistically, if someone gets into this business and that's all they're going to do, what can their salary you know look like, especially that first year? So we can either uh, encourage them or have them have a realistic approach to drones, so they're not disappointed. Sure. So the first thing I'll say about salary is that. There aren't a lot of actual jobs. And when I say jobs, places of employment for just a part 107 drone pilot. And part 107 is the license. It's not, it's not actually called the license, but that's what people know it as. It's the same thing as a driver's license for a car, but mm -hmm. it's the certification you need to fly drones if you want to make money mm -hmm. in the United States. So there aren't a lot of jobs just for that in an employee 
benefits, that type of thing. If you really want to make money doing it, you're going to have to fly either under a company as a contractor or start your own business. Those are, and starting your own business is the only way you're going to get to that six figure mark that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, you need to know how to run a business. So mm -hmm. it can be difficult. And I found, and that's one of the other reasons why I started the channel too, is because I saw that nobody was talking about the business side of it. Everybody, there's so many channels about this is how you fly a drone and this is the best drone for this. And this is, but nobody's talking about the business part of it. Nobody talks about insurance. Nobody's talking about um, how to send an invoice to a client. Nobody's talking about how do you deliver uh, work to a client. You know, I went out and did a shoot. How does a client get my pictures? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the other reasons too. So if you really want this to be an opportunity for you to be past the side hustle, then you need to look into actually making this into a business and it doesn't have to be a big business, but you know, the drone pilots out there that I've seen who have chosen like, okay, I'm going to try and find a job. They're not finding those jobs, employment. Mm -hmm. again, when I say job in, in my world, we call like a client, like a client hires me to do something. We also call that a job. So that can be a little confusing, mm -hmm. but in, in terms of like a W2, you know, that type of thing is hard, but also on my end. So on my side, I'm self-employed. I have to pay both sides of my taxes. And you alluded to this as well. I, when you're employed by somebody, they pay half of your taxes and then you pay the other half for social security, all that kind of stuff. When mm -hmm. you're self-employed, you have to pay both taxes yourself. Yeah. So typically 30% is what they tell you to save out of what you're making. Mm -hmm. um, that's just a generic guideline. Obviously your tax bracket, that'll change that. And it depends on how your business is structured and all of that. We don't need to go into all those details, but just know if you are making six figures, 30% of that is at least 30% of that is going to the government mm -hmm. off the top. And it depends on what state you're, you live in as well. You know, I live in Florida, so we don't have state income tax, but other states do have state income tax. So those are all things you need to take into account. Also, I pay for my own health insurance, which is very expensive. <laughs> so it, it adds up. But if you can build a foundation and build a really big business, it can be very lucrative, especially if you specialize. That's the other thing too. A lot of drone pilots, they go out there, they get their part 107. They're like, great, I'm ready. No, you're not. You're <laughs> not ready because there's so, I think the statistic I read as of June 1st of this year, there are 91,000 part 107 pilots in the U S right now. Oh wow. 91,000 people have their part 107. Wow. Now that might dissuade a lot of people, discourage a lot of people, but the vast majority of those pilots are not specialized. They yeah. go after the low hanging fruit that every other part 107 pilot is going after. So specialize and offer a full solution. And I can go into that a little more if you want. Well, I want them I to go. Take over the show. Yeah, no, no. And it's, it's all good. And I want them to go to your channel because you have stuff, um, things I didn't even know about of like the mapping and the surveying. And I want you to go to the video. Like, I don't want her to give the best stuff that she's already done because you guys have to take the initiative if you're serious to go to the channel, go through every video. Most of them are under 10 minutes and it's quick, easy, well put together stuff. Unlike my channel where I just throw stuff out there because we're on the go and I have to focus more on clients than my own stuff. I'm like a hairdresser, you know, the hairdresser never has her hair done. It's, but she has great stuff. But one thing I will ask you about the software that and I know you alluded to, you know, in your video what you like, but do you think that the software um, anybody can use? Is it that easy? 
like, you know, or do you need to have some type of math, science or, you know, skill? Because the way they sell some of the software, it makes it seem like you just turn it on and you can fly and they've, you know, they've got you covered for the rest. It depends on what you're doing. I think um, the big thing is that flying a drone isn't crazy difficult. Mm -hmm. It's getting great data that you can use to take action on that's the more difficult side of it. So if somebody walks up, they pick up this, let's say this drone right here, for example, this is a type of drone where like, if you drop the controller while you're flying, the drone's just going to hover. It's not going to go and crash. So from that user side, it's fairly easy. And I say fairly easy. I also came from the video game era. So if you play video games, it's going to be really easy. But the side of, of getting actual actionable data, that's hard. So like using Pix4D, for example, which is a mapping software, that takes some time to learn. Just mm -hmm. like if you're going to start making maps in something like AutoCAD or, or other like engineering software. But as far as like a serious math and science background, no, you don't okay. need that. You just need to hunker down and, and learn what exactly you're doing. Learn what if you're going to be using Pix4D, learn Pix4D. If you're going to be using autopiloting software for your drone, buckle down and learn how to use that software. And it, it's so easy now with YouTube, with Facebook, even you can even learn stuff on Instagram and Snapchat about this stuff now. So the, the information's there. It's available. My channel has a lot, but there's a lot of other channels that have a lot of information as well. Okay. And I, and I know that, you know, you've shown on your channel, the two drones, that one that you have and your beautiful inspire that, that you have, that is um, a little pricey. And she goes into this on her channel, which ones to buy. So we're not even going to waste time on that, but do you do any of the sport drones? Like, you know, do you have any uh, faster drones where you're, you know, doing the million dollar competition that we see highlighted like on a hashtag and everyone thinks, Oh, I can make a million dollars flying a drone. Do you have any of those? or get into any of that yeah so that that side of the industry that's racing mm -hmm. and i do not do that because that's an entirely different skill set um those drones are actually flying at 99 miles per hour and the only thing you see is you put goggles on your face and you see what's directly in front of this the drone and that's it you don't see around it yeah. you don't see behind it left right so that's a completely different skill set and if that's something you want to get into um it certainly can be lucrative if you're really good at it. Dubai had that million dollar drone race that you're talking about. There's other drone races all over the country. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested in that, that's called FPV, just mm -hmm. spelled with the letter F and the P and the V. Mm -hmm. um, but that's totally different, totally different side of the industry, totally different skill set. And the drones are much smaller, even smaller than this. But I have other like toys that I practice with as well. Okay. And, and I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be asking, um, you know, where do you see the future of drones? And, you know, a, as I'm learning more and more and I'm seeing what people are doing, I mean, you talk about Dubai, they have the flying taxi, which is a big drone, right? They have um, Casey, uh, the big YouTuber had, did you ever see him on the snowboard with the drone? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, now, I, I'm a, a thrill seeker, ride bulls, um, want to jump out of anything I, I, that that they'll allow me to. I'm like, that looks awesome. Um, where are they doing that, <laughs> if you know? And how do we sign up for, you know, where we, and, and, and who's, you know, do you need a part 107 or do you need something else when it's a drone is that big? So the rules in the United States is if the drone is over, 
I believe it's 50, it's either 50 or 55 pounds. I'm having a brain fart on that right now. But if there, there's a certain weight that your drone can be up to, mm -hmm. and then after that, you need special exemption from the FAA to, to fly that. I believe it's 50 pounds. I can't believe I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm Googling it really quickly just to make sure. Yeah, it's 55 pounds. There we go. That's I was right. Okay, so if your drone's over 55 pounds, you cannot use a part 107 to fly it. Now, if it's 54.9 pounds, you're good. Okay. 54.9, you're good. So, flying him around, I think someone else is controlling that. So, technically, you could go do that as long as the person who's flying it has the proper credentials and the proper, um, it's called a Section 333. I'm sure that drone is more than 55 pounds. If they have a Section 333 exemption from the FAA, and I believe the drone itself has to get certified as well for uh, readiness. I believe it's called flight readiness. Then they can do that. But I cannot take a drone over 55 pounds out right now and fly it. 54.9, we're good. Okay. But you, the other side of that, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, it, but do you see any, um, do you see in the future of, you know, you getting the next license up and permission? Like, do you see that in the future that that would be needed for what you do? Or is that just kind of overkill it now until we get into like search and rescue and picking up people, you know, with drones? Yeah, I think flying people with a drone is very, very far away. So I've seen that drone you talked about that's mm -hmm. in Dubai. It's a two-seater. It's really neat, actually. I saw it at CES in January. It's a two-seater. No controls inside of it. No way for you to handle it. It takes you from point A to point B. That's great. Mm -hmm. They've flown it over there with people in it. But here in the United States, we're very far away from that, both from a technological standpoint and from a legal standpoint. So right now, it is not permissible in the United States to fly a drone beyond visual line of sight. And obviously, if you have people flying in a drone from point A to point B, the drone's going to go beyond visual line of sight of the operator. Yeah. So otherwise, if their controls were inside the drone, then that's a helicopter and that's a totally different, totally different thing. Or a sport aircraft, which is a totally different thing mm -hmm. outside of drones and UASs and that. But uh, the future of drones, um, you know, as far as a drone that large, you really don't need anything that large unless you're carrying something really heavy like a person or really heavy equipment. Outside of that, you don't need anything that big. And bigger isn't necessarily better, especially with what I do. It's not about who has the biggest or the fanciest. It's about who has the most functional and the most cost effective. Got you. Got you. And, I, and I'm here in Seattle where, you know, Amazon would love for to be able to drop off the packages, whatnot, and everyone's fighting it. And we're fighting it until a place like Dubai and other places start doing this. And it's just, you know, it's like they're living in the Jetson area. If you know what the Jetsons cartoon are, um, I'll, I'll age myself, date my, you know, the, uh, that was one of my, my favorite cartoons, but I, I see the future and, and we have a focus on international business. So I'm always trying to see what the next is everywhere around the world, because even like in network attached storage, I, I have a server private server, but I think everyone should have a private server. And, you know, and in Africa, I know we can make a killing out there because that's not something, you know, most server companies out of Taiwan don't have a real tight focus on that. So we're always looking at what's next, what's new. So we come to you and say, could you ever see yourself flying people around, even though you're killing it right now in, in the game, but as your business expands, you'll hire more people, which every business has to do. So I'm just trying to throw that out and 
get into your brain, the things that you may not um, you may not admit over the air on your channel, but come to my channel and dream big because, <laughs> you know, because that's that's what we do over here be, is dream big. A lot of why I even have a job is because we're trying to predict the future and more than a PR firm and everything else, we're software. So I have a, a question for you that it's in my learning that I see that no night flying is allowed, but I'm seeing certain schools offer night endorsements. So I don't understand that. So can you explain that? Yeah. So under the FAA's guidelines, there are certain things you can get an operational waiver for. And one of those is flying a drone at night. Mm -hmm. So in order to fly a drone at night under part 107, you have to go to the FAA and request a waiver. And in that waiver application, you go through all the risks like, hey, here are all the risks of flying at night. This is how I'm going to mitigate each risk. And then they'll say, OK, cool you can go fly or they'll say, no, you can't. And that's pretty much how it goes. Okay. So, so the schools who are selling the night endorsement, is that just something that you think every school throws that information in? Or is that something special? Cause I saw where you need certain lights if you're going to fly at twilight and this and that. But I was like night endorsements. Cause I, I have a CDL. Uh, and so in the oil, I, like I said, I worked in the oil field and I can drive a bomb right? And, you know, hazmat and all that. So I'm like, is this like an endorsement like hazmat? Um, no, it's, it's not like that. So the only entity right now who can give you any sort of authorization to do anything as far as drones go is the FAA, period. Okay. The schools that say we have a night endorsement, mm -hmm. they're just teaching you how to apply for a night waiver, or it's really called a daylight waiver, but a daylight waiver for nighttime operations. That's like the official title and they're but charging they're for that you how to do it yeah they're just teaching you how to do it they're telling you okay this is what you need to have in your application um these are the like you said these are the lights you need to have on your drone this is how you fill out the application and i think there is some value to that if you just want somebody to sit down and show you how to do it really quickly and be one and done with it there's mm -hmm. also law firms that you can hire to fill out applications like that for you as well um but you can also if you dig around online enough it's kind of like course paid courses versus just getting stuff for free you know mm. you can do a scavenger hunt online and gather everything you'll ever need for the rest of your life for free or you can just buy a course and it's all right there or you can go to class and you know it's all laid out right there so it's a convenience thing but that's all those those schools do is they just teach you how to get a night waiver there's no no school right now and this could change but no school right now can give you any sort of real drone flying. Hey, you take my class, you can fly your drone at night. They can't, they can't they, do that. They can't do that. Okay. And that, right. that's good to know. And I know you have a college education. I have a college education, but with a college education, they're getting more and more expensive. You know, people are going in debt. Um, and so with this, somebody might come out of high school and say, you know what? I don't need college because all I want to do is fly. Now, I know in some of your videos and I want you guys to go to her videos. I'm not going to say everything that you need, but do you think someone could come out of high school since you can get your part 107 at 16 and you know do this full time? Would you recommend that or would you recommend them going to get more experience? Well, like I said before, if you really want to make money at this today, and this could change as the market expands, as companies get bigger, mm. um, 
But today, if I were, you know, say I just graduated last week from high school and I was like, I don't know about college. I really just want to fly drones. It's hard because you have to build a business. That's really the only way there are. There are very, very few companies that are hired, excuse me, that are hiring somebody who just has a part 107 and a high school diploma because the flying aspect of the job doesn't necessarily take forever. Now it depends on the job. Obviously if you're mapping 500 acres, you know, that's a, that could be a multi, not a multi-day thing, but that could be, you know, a few hour affair, Mm -hmm. but the processing behind it is important. So if I were a high schooler, if I were talking to a high schooler and they said, all I want to do is fly drones, I would suggest that they go to a school and major in a drone program. There, there are schools out there where you can actually major in UAS, which is what drones are called. Um, or find somebody, not necessarily me, but <laughs> find somebody who has a business out there and see if you can shadow them and, and all of that and get more experience. Because like I said, just having a license isn't good enough anymore with 90,000 people out there. It's, it's just not good enough. Okay. Okay. And were you being modest when you said not necessarily you, or you don't want those emails saying, no, (laughs) (laughs) I get emails like that. I welcome those emails all the time. I'm just saying a lot of, I mean, Florida can be far away for some people and, um, you know, Florida can be far away. Not if there's a job, people, as you saw, go to North Dakota. <laughs> just well, to- <laughs> yeah. so see, they were offering money though. See, I'm not, I'm not hiring right now is what I'm trying to say okay. in my own business. But if you do want help with getting the business side of things and learning, obviously you can go to my YouTube channel. You can join my free Facebook group. You can get all my free stuff. There's a lot of free things out there that I put out there um, just because I do want to help people. So I invite, you can send me an email. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go from there, but no promises. I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, I don't fly people out to Florida. I'm not balling like that yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, but I'm not balling like that yet. So I would say start doing the research and pick a niche. That's my biggest thing. Pick a niche to focus on and start with. If you live in an area, for example, where farming is big, agriculture is big with drones. If you live in an area like Indianapolis or like Illinois or Ohio or somewhere like that Midwest, Start looking into agriculture and learning about agriculture outside of drones. Mm-hmm. Or if you live like here in Florida, construction's big, tourism is big. Um, there's some agriculture down here as well. Start learning about that. Real estate is big down here too. Start learning about that particular industry and see how you can apply those skills. Or alternatively, you can get an entry level job at a drone software company or a drone uh manufacturer like Autel or somebody like that in the United States and kind of build your way up and learn about the industry from that perspective as well. But I don't know many of them that are hiring high schoolers just with a part 107 because like I said, having a part 107 to a drone manufacturer or software company isn't necessarily a skill. That's great that you have it. They'll love it, but they need more. Yeah. Just like if I were going to hire someone, I would need somebody like, great, you have your part 107, you can fly drones too, but I also need more. Like, can you process the data? Do you also know how to do Facebook? Like, do you know how to do marketing or can you do sales or can you do, you know, a lot of times companies are hiring people who have more than one specialty. Got you. And then that's what I, I want. I'm glad you cleared that up because we don't 
want to set anyone up for failure, but to no. let you know that you need more than high school, even with just experience. Now, when you're talking about um, mapping and surveying 500 acres, how many batteries do you have to have for that? Because we know these things don't last for, you know, no more than 25, 30 minutes. Um, how many batteries do you keep? It's like, are, you know, uh, someone with a holster with bullets, old cowboy <laughs> style, like <laughs> how many? Well, it depends on the drone you're using. For my Inspire One, which is the bigger one you talked about in my videos, mm -hmm. um, I'd probably go through eight or nine batteries on that. But it depends on the flight path as well that you take and how you map it out, how the drone flies. But I personally have 10 batteries, and I also have a charger that I can use out in the field as well. So that's another thing, too. People look at the expense of buying a drone, but you need a lot of batteries. One battery will not work. For If you're going to have a real drone business, one battery is not going to be enough, ever. <laughs> And I know somebody just, you know, passed out. What do you mean? You know, let me let me just um, get my one battery and then I'll recharge it. Tell the client, hold on. I'm, you know, um, I'm taking a lunch break. So eight or eight, you have 10 batteries. So even when one dies, you're charging the next one, the, the next one that died. That's awesome. I'd love to see the video where you do kind of strap the batteries like the, the shell, the bullet <laughs> like shells. Yeah. <laughs> When I started my drone business, I only had three batteries. So don't freak out and think, because you know, batteries are a hundred bucks a piece or more. Mm -hmm. Don't think like, I got to go out and spend a thousand dollars on batteries today. I actually did a video about how to start a drone business on a budget. Yep. But, um, you know, I started with three. So don't feel like just, just have more than one is the moral of the story here. Okay. At least two. At least two. No, that, that yeah, is good. And and then I want people to go to your channel and you're going to give so much information away this week. So I'm not going to keep you all day. But can you tell us your favorite drone conference? My favorite drone conference. Well, this is biased because I put on an online conference <laughs> every year. <laughs> um, my favorite drone conference to attend in person I would have to say, and I haven't been to all of them. I've been to a few. Mm -hmm. I would probably say, I think from a business, from a single operator, drone operator standpoint, as far as getting the most value out of it would be either Interdrone or the FAA's drone conference they put on. Um, Interdrone is every September in Vegas. And then the FAA's conference is usually in March or April. And it kind of changes around the greater D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. I think this year they had it in Baltimore. Um, but I say the FAA's conference because that's where you're going to hear the latest and greatest about the rules mm -hmm. and what's coming down the pike from their end and their perspective. And you'll also hear from drone pilots and other people in the industry who are out in the field doing things that you may want to do. So, like, I spoke at that conference this year about disaster response and about um, educating new drone pilots and things like that. And then I say inner drone because there's a lot of networking opportunities, but AUVSI is another one too. And then my conference, it's called the Drone Pilot Profit Summit. It's free. It, the next one will be in November. Um, and if you're in my ecosystem, if you join my Facebook group or you're a subscriber on my channel or anything like that, you'll hear about it. So don't worry. Okay. Um, but um, but that's a free conference I put on every year, starting last year. <laughs> say every year, like it's been going on for 10 years. Yeah. This will be our second year where we just talk about how to start, run, and grow a drone business for people who are specialists in their respective areas. Um, last year, we had a construction expert. We had an inspection expert. We had 
somebody who's an expert in real estate, a person who flies drones, who's been in photojournalism for years. We had a Facebook expert who came on and said, this is how you should market your business on Facebook. This is how you should market your business using media. Um, we had a lawyer come on and she talked about different types of contracts, not only drone law, but also talked about contract law and kind of, you know, this, this side of business. Again, nobody's talking about in the drone industry right mm -hmm. now. So that's probably my favorite one, but again, I'm biased. So <laughs> yeah, and it's it's good to be biased. And and again, um, Taylor has you know videos that tell you how to do your best networking. But it sounds like those conferences are so big. That's not where you're gonna go find your clientele. That's where you're yeah. gonna that's where you're gonna go learn and network with other people. And you know you got to learn before you can ask somebody to burn some cash on you. So um, I just wanted to put that out there and. You know, I, I appreciate Taylor the time you you took. I'm gonna be bothering you privately about some things like, hey, so like I just got my drone back right before the interview because mine start went four feet in the air uh, about three weeks ago and started flying itself, and I almost Boy. lost it. And I'm so glad it hit a tree, a real tall tree somewhere, <laughs> you know, and it fell in a busy street. And me and my four-year-old are running like we're glad no cars hit it, you know, trying to stop traffic. But I'm like, these things can fly themselves. They're so easy. Whereas I have a cheap, cheaper drones that that thing is terrible in the wind. And I'm sure you've seen that guy who, you know, you're like, why does he have that? Like he could have saved his money and, you know, went to McDonald's or Taco Bell or something. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I'm so excited about the future of drones. And have you seen the wearable drones? I have. I've seen those. They're they're interesting. I saw that the uh, I think it was Gucci. It was either Gucci or Dolce and Gabbana. They used they used drones in their fashion show recently. That was interesting. So there's so many applications of drones that are in the future that I haven't even I couldn't even fathom today. Like you asked me the future of drones. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be autonomy. Uh -huh. I know for, well, that's the future of the world in general is autonomy, but especially with drones, but you know, there's applications, like I said, I haven't even imagined thought of how to, yeah, I couldn't even imagine it right now. Like a rapper. I want to be the first one. I think it's like the Drexel or something that has the watch and then you throw it. I want to be like baby and all of them and be the first one with the drone watch. So if you see it, go for sale. I've seen it on YouTube and they were, you know, doing funding, whatever seed rounds, but you can't own it. If you see that, I want to be first so I can make my video. I can feature you in it. You want to get on the hook? Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Japan just came out with the drone umbrella that'll follow you around. It's only 300 bucks. So you should get that first. And, and you the can only you... guy with the drone umbrella and Ooh. then you can get the watch once it's ready. What? The drone umbrella? You guys, we have to leave it at that because behind the scenes, Taylor's going to tell me where I can get this drone umbrella before, <laughs> before you guys get it. I, my goodness, Taylor. Tell us the name of that and then tell us, you know, sign off and whatnot. But the drone umbrella, do you know the name or is it just called the drone umbrella? I can't remember the name of the manufacturer. I just literally read about it earlier today, but I'll send you the link. Okay. Appreciate if you, it. If you Google that, you should be able to find it. Yes. I'm, I'm going to do that shortly. So I appreciate you. All your information will be in the description box so people can, um, you know, reach out to you. And keep in mind, she's a busy woman. 
So if you have your questions, maybe ask her on her YouTube. So, you know, those likes and subscribes can go up higher and higher. And, you know, I appreciate your time. Oh, I appreciate you for having me and, and bringing me into your ecosystem as well. You know, <laughs> network increases your net worth. That's my that's what I how I feel about it. So I appreciate your time, too. True that. True that. Can't complain. Can't disagree. So thank you. We're signing off, everyone. Thank you. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. There's new careers in, you know, drones. Peace. Believe we are recording because it said three. Two, okay.